Hey everybody, it's Pastor Steve, and it is so good to be back. Now you might not know this, but I was on vacation for three weeks. We had the week of sabbatical that the whole staff got off, and then I took two more weeks after that. And I just have to tell you, it was wonderful. The first week that we uh, had off, my wife and I and a couple of my kids, we went up to Colorado to just to visit family. And I, I tell you, I spent a whole week just as much as possible, I was out in nature, I was by myself, and I was doing some painting. It was wonderful. It was so peaceful, and it was like for one week I could pretend that the world was normal. I mean, I was unplugged from social media, unplugged from the news. It was great. But now I'm back, and the world is pretty much like it was when I left. With one exception, of course, while I was gone, Pastor Megan started as our lead pastor at Easter Lutheran Church. And I'm so excited about that. And I've been able to work with her for this first week and it's been great. And I'm looking forward to where God leads us with Pastor Megan at the helm. It's gonna be awesome. Now, speaking of leading, that's actually what we've been talking about this whole summer in our summer worship series called Blowing in the Wind. We've been exploring how the Holy Spirit leads us as the church into the world. We've been doing that by looking at the book of Acts. Now, we haven't been looking you know, through the book of Acts chronologically. We've been jumping around uh, with different themes and different passages. Well, last week... We were in Acts chapter 5, where we saw Peter and John as they were imprisoned and they were dealing with opposition and how they dealt with that. And this week, we jumped 20 chapters forward into Acts chapter 25, which you just heard read, where Paul is facing a, a similar kind of opposition. Now, before we get into the story, I have a question for you. How do you deal when your best laid plans just get totally derailed? Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've made some very specific plans and then circumstances arise and they, they just completely disrupt those plans? And, and maybe those plans were even godly plans, like you, you were going to serve God, you were going to help out your neighbor, and still those plans were disrupted. Has, has that ever happened to you? I'm like, Steve, the, like, how about the year 2020, right? <laughs> Pretty much everything. We're living in a pandemic, for crying out loud. My guess is that if you're anything like me, you've been spending the last four months trying to figure out what is God doing in the midst of all of this pandemic and social unrest, I mean, pretty much every plan that I had made has been completely wiped out. You know, there, there's even people out there who suggest that there is this conspiracy to, through this pandemic to destroy the church, that we're dealing with this great opposition. I mean, social media and news media is like a firestorm of confusing and often contradictory information. It's overwhelming, isn't it? And it is extremely anxiety producing. We're asking big questions like, 
What's going to happen with school in the fall? When will we get to worship again? What is going to happen to the economy? What about my plans? Well, I have two responses to those really important questions. The first one is, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. That's really helpful, right? But here's my second response. I think that we can learn a lot about these questions by looking at our text for today and taking some cues from the Apostle Paul. So let's dive into the story. You've, you've already heard Acts chapter 25, verses 1 through 12 read. Now, we learned a few weeks ago about the Apostle Paul that he was handpicked by the risen Christ to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to all people and especially to the Gentiles. Now, he, he traveled all across the eastern part of the Roman Empire and he planted churches all along the way. But we learn in Acts chapter 19, verse 21, that Paul had this ultimate plan that he wanted to go to Rome the capital city of the empire. That was his plan. Go to Rome. Now, my guess is that he pictured himself booking his own sea passage to get to the city, entering the city of his own accord, setting up a tent-making shop, and preaching the gospel like he did in every other city. But it didn't work out that way. Now, our text today in Acts chapter 25, in order to understand this little piece of the story, we really need to roll back the tape for four chapters and starting in chapter 21, see what happened to Paul. So here's the quick recap. Paul went to the city of Jerusalem because he had been collecting money for the people in Jerusalem because there was this terrible famine. And so he collected money from the churches that he had planted to help these people out. So he comes to Jerusalem knowing that he's hated in this city. But he goes there anyway. And when he gets there, he goes to the temple just to worship God, like any good God-fearing Jewish man would do in his day. He goes to the temple, but he's attacked by a mob. And the religious leaders falsely accuse him of desecrating the temple. And they are beating him up in the middle of the city. And the Roman soldiers have to intervene and they drag him out of the mob. And then the Roman soldiers are about to flog him because they think he's this terrorist that they've heard about. And then Paul, he whips out his Roman citizen card and he says, Whoa, I'm a Roman citizen. You can't flog me. And so... They, he, he escapes that unjust beating, but now he's stuck. There's an angry mob that hates him, religious leaders that want to take him down. And so the Roman governor actually takes him to the coastal city of Caesarea in order to protect him. This is a governor named Felix. And Felix actually keeps Paul in prison for two years. He, he has to sit in prison for two years before he can even have a trial. And Felix leaves office at the end of those two years. And another governor named Festus comes in and takes his place. Now, Festus has heard about this prisoner named Paul, who's been just sitting there on ice for two years. And he knows that the religious leaders in Jerusalem hate him and want him dead. And so Festus tries to use Paul as a political pawn 
And that's where our story begins in Acts chapter 25, verse 1. Now, we see in verse 9, Festus says, So, Paul, do you want to go to Jerusalem and face these charges that the religious leaders have against you? Now, Paul knew that the religious leaders were actually planning to ambush him as he was en route to Jerusalem. They just want him dead, right? Now, Paul wasn't afraid to die, but he also didn't want to be falsely accused of doing something that he's totally innocent of doing. Now, remember, Paul was a Roman citizen, and this had kept him alive so far. And so Paul, in this passage, is faced with two choices. Number one, go to Jerusalem, where he is most certainly going to be murdered. (laughs) Or two, use his rights as a Roman citizen and appeal to the emperor. And so Paul says, I appeal to Caesar. In verse 12, Festus says, well, you've appealed to the emperor, to the emperor you will go. So to Rome, Paul went as a prisoner. Now think about that for just a second. Paul had wanted to go to Rome on his own terms. That was his plan. But now, he has been sitting in prison for two years. Two years. And and now, he is going to Rome, but in shackles. Why would God do this to Paul? Why would God allow such a horrible thing to happen to this man? I'm sure Paul asked himself that question many, many times as he was twiddling his thumb in the Caesarean prison. But think about this. Now, as a prisoner, he would be able to have an audience with the emperor himself and proclaim the good news of the risen Christ to the most powerful man in the world. How else would Paul have gotten access to the emperor? If there's one thing that I've learned about ministry after 25 years, it's this. God almost never works things out the way that I plan them. And there is almost always pain involved. And it always works out far better and radically different than I had ever imagined. Our lives have been disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. We've been locked out of our schools. We've been locked out of our church buildings. Many of us have had to work from home. Many of us have lost our jobs. Some of us are forced to go into work and work in very dangerous environments. And it's very easy and it's very, very normal to become extremely anxious about all of this. I mean, come on. These are tough times. We're all wondering, I mean, all of us, we're all wondering what, what's going to happen this fall. I mean, I, I don't know how we're going to do confirmation. I don't know how we're going to do jam and high school ministry. I, it, 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 it's unknown to us. So here's where I think we can take some cues from Paul. You remember at the beginning, of this sermon, I asked you the question, how do you deal 
when your best laid plans get disrupted? How was Paul able to handle his ever-changing circumstances? I think it's one thing. Paul was clear about his mission. We find out in a previous chapter, just before chapter 25, that Paul says, hey, the only reason I'm on trial today is because I proclaim the resurrection through Jesus Christ, right? Paul knew that his mission was to proclaim the good news of the risen Christ to as many people as he possibly could. What is your mission? Is, is your mission to achieve a certain level of income and to uh, arrive at a certain status in our society? Is your mission to be correct in every single argument that you're in? Is your mission to hold worship in a particular way and in a particular place? Is your mission to be in control of every detail of your life? I think circumstances like this, this pandemic, which has disrupted all of us, gives each one of us this golden opportunity to really examine our own personal mission. I'm a disciple of Jesus. What is my actual mission in life? Well, Jesus actually made it pretty simple for us. He said, as you are going, make disciples of all people, drown them in God's love, and teach them to love God and to love their neighbor. That is our mission. You know, does, do our current circumstances actually keep us from loving God or loving our neighbor? They really don't. We don't need to gather in a particular place in order to be the church. I've actually found great freedom in working from home. You know, in doing online worship, while it's not what we planned or what we hoped for, and it's not what we'd like to do for the rest of our lives, it has actually opened up opportunities and connections that we never imagined. And perhaps you have found a deeper connection with your own family or with the neighbors in your immediate neighborhood. Perhaps God, right now, is trying to show us that there might actually be a different way to get to Rome. I don't know exactly what God is trying to say to you. I don't know what you need to hear from God from this text. But please know this. The Spirit of God is blowing through this world and God is working in the midst of these circumstances. And may we never lose sight of the fact that our mission is simply to love God and to love our neighbor. Amen.